Welcome to the Living Word Podcast. To find out what we're up to, check us out online at dlwc.network. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen. Amen. Before we go any further, let me let you know that the voter guys are out there from Citizens for Community Values, and it's all just a, a scorecard of where people either answered a survey on strategic issues, moral issues, and how that they are either their voting record or their public comments. All of those things are compiled here. It's not a, a for one party or against another. I just want you to know all of those facts and information are there. And just to remind you, you're not voting for your pastor. You're voting for your president. Amen. Amen. And so many people that are, that are in Congress, Senate, both state and judges, judicial, and all the things that are going on right now, it's good to know who represents those names and those boxes on your vote. Everybody's going to vote, aren't they? Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. yeah, they are. They are. It's our responsibility and privilege. And so it, it is a joy for me to be able to share a part number two of this, may I see your ID, please. And it's a series we started to really talk about your identity and who you are in Christ or what is the result of the gospel. And I can tell you today is going to be a, a teaching-heavy day. We're going to use a lot of scripture, but I'm going to, I, I want to help you through the book of Ephesians. And really, this series is based upon the book of Ephesians. If you want to read it, it's just six chapters. But it's a, a tremendous read. Matter of fact, if you don't get the revelation that really comes out of Ephesians, you really don't know how to act well as a believer. I mean, you might even do it by accident just because the life of God's in you. But I, I want you to know that Ephesians is a, is a great place for us to really put our hearts and, our, and our, our heads, and we really need this revelation. We'll talk more about that here in just a moment. But there's two things we're trying to do in this series, and that is awaken or reveal who you are in Christ and what that means to you, number one. Number two, we're here to protect the identity that you have because there's identity thief, th thieves are not more than just credit cards. They're your spiritual identity. And I want you to know there's robbers and thieves for that all the time, just enemies of your soul that constantly want to drag you down out of what Jesus has done for you. And we just say, in Jesus' name, we rebuke the devil. So what we said last time is who's the captain on your heart? Who's ruling here? That's number one. And if it's Jesus, then you got to make sure that he's in the seat and not just the ethereal Lord, that he's actually Lord of your life. And so there's a process that we're all in. And the, and the, the, the point that I want to make last week was stay in the process. Thoughts come to all of us, and you've got to be able to weigh those thoughts against what the Word of God actually teaches. And so we want to make sure that, that the thoughts that come at us, that we examine them in the light of the Word. And once you do that, then you're able to cast down the things you know don't have a thing in the world to do with the plan of God for your life. Amen. Amen. You know how to rebuke thoughts, not only about yourself, but the world around you, your neighbors, your family, and all those kinds of things. And then you begin to pray, and you begin to pray in the direction that God's revealed in the Word of God. But it's a process. And so whether you're new to brand new to church, you've never even owned a Bible before, you're in the right place because we understand that. We're all in process. And so wherever you are is good. Just keep moving. And stay in the process. That's what we want. Amen? And so there's two passages of Scripture. I want to start this. This is not Ephesians passages, but it helps us to understand what we're about to read. Uh, in Romans chapter number 8, verse number 15, the Bible says that you've not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Let me go back over that. You've not received the spirit of bondage again. That means... You can loop back around and go back where you came from. 
And so that's not the spirit that God gave you when you were born again or when you give your life to Jesus. John chapter 3 calls that being born again, starting over again. It's the reset button of the kingdom. And so when I say yes to Jesus, I'm just not saying yes to a club membership at some church somewhere. What I'm saying is yes to Jesus, the risen son of God who paid for my sins, and I reject everything that came from the devil. And so there's a switch, there's a transformation that's progressively taking place. Instantly in my spirit, my brain's getting washed in the water of God's word. Amen. And my body's just going to line up. Amen. How many of you know you got to keep that body in line? Yes, you do. Look at your neighbor and say, you better check out your body. Amen. It's more than a glance in the mirror, baby. It's a lot more than that. So he said, you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again unto fear. In other words, the spirit that you got now doesn't have anything to do with bondage. Man, I've examined a lot of church folks' life, and they look like that would describe their life very well. Look like they're in bondage. I mean bondage. (laughs) (laughs) Baptized in pickle juice, you know what I'm saying? Come on. But so I understand that. And by the way, that would have never won me to Jesus. Never. A hippie named Mike Warnke led me to the Lord. And, when, and he was able to make it so plain, I thought, who wouldn't take that deal? And suddenly my life began to transform. And so now the spirit of adoption is upon my life. Let me con- contrast that with being stuck at the orphanage of the devil. The child abuser, the tyrant, the one that has no value for you. That's the devil. But the Bible says that the spirit of adoption is the heart that makes us cry, you're my daddy, Abba, Father. Come on. And that's, so, so here it is. It's important for us to realize that even when you're adopted, that adoption comes and you don't know the adopting family well enough to know and understand fully what it means to be. For instance, if the Murray family went and adopted a child that child would have to learn what it means to be what they legally already are. They're Murrays. But what's that mean to be a Murray? Are you supposed to just know by osmosis or when the, when the papers are signed, suddenly you get in the car and you feel good? You got a history? You have no history. And that's the problem. A lot of folks judge their, their new relationship with Jesus based on an orphan identity. That's the reason why they don't have any confidence in God. That's the reason why they act like they're begging for answers for prayer. Okay, I'm sorry. That's an orphan side of things. Listen, I, my, I have three boys, three men now. All of them grew up in my house. Then not one of them that ever asked me, me for permission to get in my fr- refrigerator. They assumed it was part of their inheritance. They raided that dude. I'm telling you, those boys could eat like animals. Now I have grandkids, and it's starting all over again. It's worse now, actually. But see, that's the sonship side of things. That's my life. I live in favor with my dad. I live in favor. I'm graced. He loves to provide for me, and it's true. And so that's the orientation of a son. An, An orphan has to learn that process as we come into the kingdom of God. And so, thank God for the spirit of adoption. Secondly, 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 8. And 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And so everything I learned at the orphanage is a work that came from the enemy, and he's cutting that thing off at the root. 
and setting me free to learn and be rooted in Christ. And this was the purpose that Jesus came. Get rid of that and be adopted into the family, into the kingdom of God where God is your father. And so this series really, again, is about revealing and protecting, revealing your identity in Jesus and then protecting it, coming out of the orphan's mentality and into freedom of, and favor of God being your father. You say, well, you know, I'm, I've done some things wrong since I've been a Christian and so forth, and man, I felt condemned and I felt all that kind of stuff. No, 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 you're trying to apply orphanage rules to the correction of your daddy. The Bible says, yeah, who he loves, he, he corrects, but it yields the peaceable fruits of righteousness in your life, that God's for you. So the correction is about getting you on the right track and helping you to understand how to grow and mature in the things of the Father. So the, and at the end of your life or, in, or during your life, you end up looking like your daddy. Strong family resemblance. Somebody give me a good amen. 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 How many of you want a strong family resemblance to your father? Yes. And so, so here's the deal. We're able to walk, and remember this phrase, newness of life. There's an oldness of life, and there's a newness of life, and you get to choose which one and which course you take. Now, that is up to you. Faith isn't just getting your fire insurance and saying, I'm in Christ now and so forth, so all's good. Just hang on and hold out to the end. Okay. I just, I just want you to understand, it's way more involved. Sonship is a day-by-day process of walking with your father. And so identity comes sometimes from where we've been. Even as believers, we're still kind of doing our life. And man, I hear this all the time. New creatures in Jesus Christ talking like folks that are begging for blessings. Listen, when I pray, I don't pray for blessing. I pray from blessing. Even your, your Bible tells you all the promises of God in him, and that is the key phrase to that, by the way, in him are yes, and in him, amen, so be it, to the glory of God the Father, that all the promises of God are yes and amen. So you don't have to wonder what God thinks about you or whether he wants to answer your prayer, but our disposition sometimes has a hard time getting a hold of that. It's an identity crisis in the body of Christ. Where do you get it? You got to go to the word, and that's what we're doing today to reveal and to protect the identity that you have in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, the devil is a loser. He lost you. You've been redeemed. That means you don't belong to that anymore. You've been redeemed, which means you've been purchased for the glory of God today. All the fees, all the charges, all the paperwork, it's all been done on the cross of Jesus Christ. And today I am who he says I am. I have what he says I have, and I can do what God says I can do. And I'm going to live that way to the glory of my God. Thinking is linking. We said that last week. You've got to begin to link yourself to, to better news than what you were living in in the orphanage. And even if it was some degree of good for you, coming to Jesus is a revolutionary process of a God who has no limit is for me, not against me. And he's for the people that you don't even like as well. That's a good word right there, Pastor Pat. I smell flesh burning, don't you? Turn the air up. Amen. Okay, so identity comes from linking to the adoption, the, the re-identification that I got from Jesus. Newness of life comes because I'm beginning to understand what it means to be in God or like I, the illustration I use, like a Murray. What's it mean to be a Murray now? 
And so understand today that Jesus came to destroy the works of, of the devil and wreck that identity that the devil tried to give to you and come into that new creature reality. And so today, it is the substance of the gospel is transformation. Say transformation with me. It, it is, uh, for those of you online, I mean, give me a thumbs up button. God doesn't believe in the old you. He believes in the new you. It is the substance of the gospel. What's that mean? That means I am no longer who I used to be. I am who I am by the grace of God, what he's done for me. And so let's read the blessing. It's Ephesians chapter number one, and start, it starts with verse number three, and we'll go through verse number six. Other than the introduction of Ephesians, here it is. It says this, and this is the blessing, and this is who you are right now. Listen to how it reads. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Say it. Has, has blessed us. One more time. Does that mean your blessing's coming or it already came? And so since it already came, you're in it. It's not coming, you're in it. If you're in Christ, you're blessed. So when people ask me, how are you, how are you doing, Pastor Pat? I'm blessed. What am I giving them? I'm giving them an adoption of son's answer. It doesn't matter if I'm having everything in the world go wrong out here. In here, I'm blessed. Because my outside will change. But my inside is stable. Some of you need to hear that because your emotions are all, yeah, just what, what's going on out here, just, oh, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. Stop saying that, genius. You're blessed. You're blessed. Why? God, my daddy, said so. Come on. Listen, think about Jesus for a second. He didn't look blessed on that hillside with 5,000 people plus on that hillside, they've been out there for two days, now they're all hungry. Disciples said, send them home. He said, you feed them. Say, we haven't got enough food, we just got a little boy's lunch. Jesus said, good enough. Why? Because he came from a place of abundance. And so he could distribute it. Even if it doesn't look like enough in the natural, he didn't live in the natural. I mean, he's in the natural, but the natural subject to the spiritual. And so Jesus took it. What did he do? He blessed it like he blessed you. Say, I don't look like I have enough. Yeah, but you're blessed. That means on that hillside, you're about to see a miracle. I know, brother, I know. What's that mean? That means because I'm in Christ, I'm about to see a miracle. Now, do you think that way? Man, I'm so excited I don't have enough. Woo! What's that mean? I'm about to see God move in my life. I'm about to see my blessings show up. I'm about to see I'm coming out. I want the world to... Oh, I'm sorry. Diana Ross spirit, here it came. Come on now. Say it. I'm blessed. Blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as, secondly, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Before you had a chance to mess it up with your behavior, he chose you. Come on, somebody. From the foundation of the world, he chose us 
without blame before him in love, having, number three, predestined us to the adoption of sons. Somebody say, well, see there, you know, if God chooses some for heaven, some for hell. I'm sorry, I don't believe in double-barrel predestination. You know what happened when I heard the gospel? I chose to be chosen. How many of you chose to be chosen? Amen, amen. So just get it out of your head. Who is God not picking? For God so loved the world. Okay, I guess that's it. That he gave his only begotten son. That Okay, there you go again. Believes in him, shall not perish, but have. I call that being born again. God wills everybody to come to him. Do all come? No. But the door's open. That's the reason why we share the good news everywhere we go, everywhere we go. I'm not a salvation judge. I'm a salvation sharer. I'm a witness, not a judge. How's your witness? Look at your neighbor and say, how's your witness? Let me put it this way. If Christianity was up to you to display what it's supposed to look like, would anybody get saved because of the way you look? Would the the next generation get the gospel as well as this generation did because of the way that you do it? Start the car, hon. I'll be right there. (laughs) Come on. That's a good point. He predestined us to the adoptions of sons in Christ Jesus. Thank God Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he, number four, made us accepted in the beloved. Ah, adoption. That's what this spirit of adoption looks like and it's what it feels like. And it's for every single one of us. Those of you watching online right now, you may feel rejected, but you start, stop blaming God for the things that the, the enemy, the God of this world is doing in your life. Begin, at some point, you're going to have to put your foot down and say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to shut up. I command you to stop in the name. Do you have the right to do that? Yeah, if you're an heir. I'm not acting in my name. I'm acting in his. I didn't come today in Pat's name and then here. I bind you in the name of Pat. No, it's the name of Jesus that does it. His name. Hmm, it's good. And so four things. Again, he's blessed us, he's chosen us, predestined us, and made us. Accepted in the beloved. And so where's your identity? It has to start in Jesus. It's the power of the gospel. Who are you when God looks at you? Who's he see? And your idea needs to be the same as his. Otherwise, you'll live in less than what God did for you through the cross, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the fact that he's seated with Christ. We are seated with him. God raised him all the way. Come on, resurrection life. Raised him all the way to the right hand of the Father. And guess who else is there? Chapter 2, it's coming, it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. Chapter 2, it's Ephesians. And so we go from the blessing to the prayer. And it's what the Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. And so if if he was going to pray anything for a whole group of people, he says, this is what I always pray for you. And so that's how he starts this whole thing. He says in verse number 17, again, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, he says that the God of our, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So it's a spirit of wisdom, revelation. The word revelation is apocalypsis. Apo means off of or away from. Calypsis means veil. It means to take the veil away. All of a sudden, Carol, Merrill, what's behind door number three? Some of you are old enough to remember that. 
And so understand that revelation is that God takes the mystery out and reveals himself. And Paul says, I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. Now, the, the word is photizo. It's, we get the word photograph from the entire concept. It is, uh, for those of you who don't know what a camera is, it used to have film in it. it used to have film. And it was, and it was in, in the dark. It's, its entire life, everything was in the dark. And then a camera lens opens up, the shutter opens up, whatever the light comes through that lens, it brands it onto that piece of film, the shutter shuts and the film advances. And so it will be forever branded with the image that it takes and then moves along. It is for, that film would be useless. Matter of fact, they call it double exposure and it looks like a blob. And unfortunately, there's a lot of believers who forgot who they were, and they're kind of double exposed, and because of that, they kind of live like a blob. Just saying. Present company excluded, I'm sure. But understand today that that is the very process that the Apostle Paul is praying for, that you would be branded with your new identity, branded with what it means to be a child of God, branded with the idea that the authority of the... Of the uh, owner of the orphanage no longer has anything to do with my life. Any decision that I ever make, I will never ask him again for permission to be blessed in my father's house. Mm. And that felt good. That the eyes of your understanding, so that you would get it in your understanding what it is to be a child of God that you may know what is the hope of All right, this is what's he this is three things he wants to brand upon your identity. So let him do it this morning. Let him do it right now. That you would know the hope of his calling, not your calling, his. Why? Because if you understand what he's after, you'll know how your calling fits into what he's doing. So you got to understand what God's about. And by the way, it's not to spoil his kids. It's for you to come to the ultimate destiny that God saw before the foundation of this world, equip you, pack you with the Holy Spirit, give you the wisdom, give you exposure to his greatness, and then walk in the earth and shine like a light in the world. Not to slink through life, kind of slithering around and so forth, and I'm just a worm, and I just you know, I can't get blessed up in here, and all that. Come on, people act kind of wormy. Because they don't know who they are. They, they thank God for their salvation, but they still live like an orphan. And so you got to know what is the hope of his calling. What's Jesus after? What's his goal? Not only in the world, but in, the, in, in all of time and eternity. And how do you play into that plan? you got to know that. Or you'll see yourself as a member. People that stand on these platforms is important, and I'm unimportant. It doesn't matter what I do. And I'm telling you the world will go to hell unless you do your job. Had to get that out. Okay. Know what is the hope of his calling. Secondly, this is so important. The riches of the glory of the glory, doxa. It's a good word. The riches of the glory of his inheritance, not in heaven, in the saints. There's an inheritance in you. Did you know that? 
You're trying to pray things down from heaven that's already packed on the inside of your spirit. It came when the Holy Spirit came. He's called the first fruits of your inheritance. Holy Spirit. He's not in there to take a ride. How many believe God lives in you? He's not in there to just take a ride. He's in there to take over. Yield, yield. And let the inheritance of God begin to flow and the power of God's spirit in your life. He didn't call you to go to church. He called you to be the church. And go, go into church makes sense then. And number three, and what is the exceeding greatness? Shoot, man, these words are so powerful. The exceeding greatness of his power usward toward us who believe. How many believe God's powerful? That will produce zero faith in you. Zero. To know God, believe God's powerful, just because God's God, you got to believe he's powerful. But it's not God's powerfulness that causes faith to rise in your heart. It's his power that's directed towards you that gives you faith. Are you with me? I know God's powerful, but i got to know that I'm on the assignment because I understand his calling. I know that the resource of the Holy Spirit, the one, by the way, who brooded over the face of the deep and God spoke and it was, all of creation was made by the one who lives in me, his Holy Spirit. And then realize that everything God wants to do on the earth, he's going to do it through his body. I'll prove it to you in chapter 4 in a minute. But everything he's going to do is going to result from the activation of the body of Christ. And he says at the end of this prayer. And so if we get this, God will change the world. But he's not going to do it just because you got on your knees once. He's going to do it because you pray, you receive your marching orders, and then you walked out and all of us did what God assigned us to do. Man, if the body of Christ would get busy and do what God called us to do because our hearts are open to the influence and the word of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the impact on the world would be absolutely marvelous. During this season, I heard more complaining coming out of believers than I did prophecy. Man, it's good preaching, Pastor Pat. Thank you. Amen. And so what is the level of resurrection power? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. According to his working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above everything that gives you trouble. He's been exalted way above your problems, way above every influencer of problems, every demonic force. He's already risen above all of that. Everybody say it. He's got the victory. victory. Amen. Amen. Far above all principalities, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named, not only this age, but that which is to come. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head Let me read it again. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be the over all things. Say all things. So he's the head. You're the body. He's put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. What is the body of Christ? 
You're his expression in the earth. You're his hands extended. If he's going to manifest power, listen, nobody puts their shoes on and sticks them right under their chin. Hello? You put them on your feet, which is way down south from your head. Your head gives a direction, but the body obeys. So if I'm going to do something, you know, if I'm going to build a house, I'm not going to use my ear to do it. Are you with me? My head's going to give direction to my hands, and that's going to do it. You with me? So what's the point I'm trying to make? If God's going to do anything in the earth, he's going to do it through his people. He's going to do it through his body, the fullness of him that fills everything. That's the reason why the church has got to know who they are. Otherwise, you get a paralysis of analysis in the body of Christ, and nothing gets done. And all people do is complain, can't get no help up in here, when in fact you're supposed to be the answer. His hands extended. He didn't make, just multiply the meal and so forth and, you know, chicken sandwiches spring out all over the mountain. His disciples had to reach in the bag and start throwing it out there. Come on, somebody's got to distribute the blessing of God. Mm. And each of us are a part of the body of Christ. And all of us are necessary. Somebody said, well, I must be the little toe on the body of Christ. Did you ever wake up at night and bang that little toe against the bed? <laughs> Everything in your body wants to help. Your hair wants to help. Yeah. Come on, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Come on, it's important to be the little toe. Yeah. You find out how important you ram it against that bedpost. So what did he say? Ephesians chapter number four says, this is the way we grow in Christ to understand our place in the body is involved. We interact with one another. We do small groups around here. Why? Because we do life in bunches. We're connected. Remember that song? The <laughs> knee bones connected to the thigh bone. Y'all remember? I think you do it at a roller rink or something. Boogie woogie and you turn yourself around. So we're connected. We're connected. Say it, we're connected. Even online, we're connected. And so he says in Ephesians 4.16, he says he made the whole body to fit together perfectly. So how you doing? If you haven't introduced yourself to the people on your row yet, get busy. Not, not now, you interrupt. <laughs> but know people before you leave. Get, a, get acquainted with people. Join a small group. Get involved. Why? Because we're made to fit together. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts to grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing in, its, in, in the fullness of love. That's what God does. He helps us to walk in love by connecting to one another. And so he does it. This is, this is, we are the expression of God in the earth, and we fit together, and we are the expression of God in the earth together. No one of us is a full expression of Jesus, but all of us together, Ephesians 4, says, till we all come into the unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's where we're going. That's Ephesians 4, 13, 14. And so that's the prayer. That's the connection to the body of Christ. And now the position. Man, we come from all kinds of different places. I'll cover this very quickly. But Ephesians chapter number 2 acknowledges the fact that God's going to use us. Somebody had their cell phone. <laughs> it's <was> beautiful. <laughs> you all were thinking it, so I just acknowledged that it was in the room. 
turn your cell off. Amen. <laughs> Sorry for those of you who didn't hear that live. I'm, I'm not lost my mind. <laughs> Ephesians chapter number two. You has he made alive. Come on, let me shout that at you. He made you alive. Stop complaining. He made you alive. See, well, Pastor Ben, you just don't know what I've been through. I could show you some places that you could have been through, and you'll thank God who you are. He made you alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to. All right, now here's the, the um, agenda, the flow, the attitude, the course that we were all on before Jesus. And so that's what he's saying. He made us alive who once were over here. Okay, what, what's the over here? According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Come on, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. You say, Pastor, you one of those guys that believe there's a demon behind every doorknob? No, you kidding? There's three back there. <laughs> and all of them, all of them are subject to the name of Jesus and under your feet. Not intimidated. No, we're not intimidated. Because we once walked according to that spirit, the spirit that now works in the children's, children of disobedience, the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom we all once conducted ourselves. So we've all been there. So nobody's born holy. Come on, how many of you know everybody needs to be born again? And that's what Jesus came for the whole world. That we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, how many of you thank God for the but God? But God, who is rich in his mercy, because of his great love, wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he has, number one, made us alive together with Christ. When he got up, you got up. And he raised us up together. And he made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There's that resurrection power from chapter 1. That's the reason why you can walk in authority here because you're seated there. If you're not seated with him, you'll fall for anything. Man, that's a good word right there. Stay in the process with me. It's a process to learn this. But you got a process because you got to begin to think like a child of God. you got to begin to think like I'm not in the orphanage anymore. I'm in the kingdom. God's my father. I have what he says I have. Yes. I can do what he says I can do. Yes, yes. And at some point, you begin to talk out of the abundance of your heart the realities of being seated with Christ. Far above principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that's named. Not only in this world, but that which is, this age, but that which is to come, and has given him to be the head over all things to the church. Come on, that's what he said in chapter one. Now he's saying, today, by grace are you saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Let me say it again. Come on, watch now. It's the gift of God. Welcome to the family, Pat. 
Welcome to the family. By the way, it's more than a name and a place to sleep. It's full sonship. You get to cooperate with Father's plan because you understand his calling. And I'm cramming an inheritance. It's not something you spend. It's something that you are. An inheritance that's in the saints. And by the way, Pat, you got some serious horsepower now that you didn't have over there. So you're going to have to come to understand how to work with the Holy Spirit because there's resurrection power on you now, boy. And you're allowed to wear it in the authority of the name of the one sitting on that throne. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And we are his poema. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Man, that's a good word right there. So here's the invitation. You have permission because of your ID in God. You have permission to walk like a new creature in Christ. You have permission from God to walk in newness of life. And it's yours to do. It's all by faith. By grace through faith never changes. The the process never changes. It's always by grace through faith. You attach to it by faith. God's not going to just dump it on you. It's by grace available. By faith, I grab a hold of it. Faith makes it available or grace makes it available, faith grabs a hold of it. And so get it today. Why wait? I'm a child of God. And what that means is I'm a world changer as well because that's what a child of God does. That's what we do in the Murray family. We change things. Amen? We don't act like Joneses and Smiths. Bless God, we're Murrays. Amen. Amen. And certainly not Hatfields and McCoys. We're children of God. Walk in newness of life. This is what it says. Therefore, Romans chapter 6, verse number 4, we're buried with him in baptism into death. You put an end to the old and the, the things that link you to orphanage, oppressed, gnarly, hard to get along with atmosphere. Buried with him in baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so now we also walk in newness of life. Newness of life. That's what God has for you. Can you say amen, somebody? And so we're going to receive communion this morning. And what I want you to do with communion is realize that Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed you from the the orphanage living mentality. You understand, I'm saying this, not every orphanage is gnarly and nasty. I'm just trying to make that point. Obviously, there's Christian orphanages that we support, actually, in Brazil that are making a huge difference. Children that have otherwise no hope in this world being adopted right now out of orphanages that we support. But I'm using it as an illustration. The enemy is a tormentor, but he's a loser as well. He lost me. I said it again. I'll say it again. I just want to testify in front of everybody. He lost me. I'm, I belong to God. Come on. Can somebody else say that? He lost me. I belong to God. Man, there's a good word right there. Amen. So we're going to receive communion today. I want you to bow your heads with me before we do that. Maybe you're in the room today and you've never really allowed the gospel to penetrate maybe as deeply as it has today. 
But maybe for the first time in your life, you realize it's being a part of a family of God that comes through the sacrifice of the Son of God. He died for you to take the judgment of your sin and the penalty upon us for our sins. And he took it to the cross. And the perfect Son of God took your place in in judgment so that it would get off of me and you. And today the gospel is so simple. When he was buried in that tomb of suffering, there was bewilderment. There was confusion. But when he got up, the confusion got blown away. And suddenly resurrection life not only got him, but it touched his disciples. It touched everybody who would call upon his name in earnest. And I want you to know today, he's as close as the mention of his name still. And if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, it all, abundant life starts somewhere. And it starts by calling upon his name. By grace, you can be saved through faith. And faith is a prayer that you can pray right now. And for those of you online, I'm asking you, pray with me. What's God saying to you? Is God speaking to you? Say, Pastor, I've never even been to your church. What's that matter? You don't have to come here to get saved. Call on him and you'll be saved. And that's how this works. And he's as close as the mention of his name. And so I'm going to invite you in just a moment. I'm not inviting you forward. I'm just inviting you to pray. But I want to know who I'm praying for. And so for those of you online, you say, Pastor, I know God's dealing with me and I need to pray and ask Jesus to be the Lord of who I am. There's a button on your screen that you can punch right now. And it says a raise the hand button. It says, I need Jesus in my life, Pastor Pat. Pray for me today. Pray with me today. I want to ask him into my life to be the Lord of who I am and do life with God as a child of God, not as an orphan, but as a child of God. If you're in the room today and you say, Pastor Pat, don't leave me out of that prayer. I know I need God in my life. If that's you, wherever you're at, just lift your hand right now, right this moment, right now. If God's dealing with you, praise God. Just say, Pastor, don't leave me out of that prayer. I need God. I see you. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you right there. Anyone else? Lift your hand. Pastor Pat, I don't want to be lost. I want to do life. Thank you, sir. God bless you. I want to do life with God. I want to do life in the abundant, in the track that God would have me to do. I want to live in the inheritance of God. I don't want to flounder and struggle anymore. I want to live in God's plan for my life. If that's you, wherever you're at, in the moment we're going to pray, I see you back there, sweetheart. Bless you. Yeah, God bless you, dear. I see you too. Yeah, bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Come on, punch that button right now online right now. Say, Pastor Pat, don't leave me out of that prayer. I need God in my life. All right, everybody, lift up your head and look at me here for a moment. We're all going to pray this prayer together, all of us out loud and together. Maybe you weren't bold enough to lift your hand, but I promise you this. If you've got faith in what the Lord Jesus did for you and you're ready to make a turn towards God, away from the ways of the orphanage and the way that we used to be and turn towards the Father and allow that new family identity to begin to percolate on the inside of you until suddenly you understand the world is a different place because of what God had in you, I guarantee you that that will start right now. But you just got to mean business. Do you mean business today? God will save you and embrace you. Pray this with me, all of us together, those of you online. Dear God in heaven, I come in the name of Jesus. I realize I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe in you. Thank you for believing in me. I give you my life today. I repent for my sin, and I look to you to be the Lord of who I am. Please teach me what that means, and I'll never be the same. 
in Jesus' name. Come on, give me a good amen. Amen. Woo, amen. That means so be it. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at LWC Dayton and on Facebook at Living Word Dayton.